Welcome to Intel's Conversations in the Cloud. I'm your host, Jake Smith. Join me as I speak with guests from across the world about the latest advancements in cloud and edge computing, data center technology, network infrastructure, security, artificial intelligence, and more. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be in the world. My name is Jake Smith, and welcome to another episode of Conversations in the Cloud. I am joined today by James Carnell, Managing Director and VP of Services for Zero Fox. Welcome, James. Thank you very much for having me. So, James, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself as well as about your role at Zero Fox? Yeah, Jake, thank you. So I've been in the brand protection, phishing, and open source intelligence industry for about 17 years. And for Xerofox, really what I do is I take essentially our customers' business problems from an external cybersecurity point of view, and then I map them to our platform or our analyst solutions, essentially ensuring that they get timely, relevant, and actionable intelligence. So James, I think it's pretty amazing that you chose to build your business in Baltimore, Maryland, or at least found the business in Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah, so James Foster is the founder of the business and just saw a great opportunity in there. There's some incredible talent in the Baltimore area, and obviously our business has grown. Now we have operations in Chile and India, in rest in Virginia, and operations over in the UK and other locations. So we have grown rapidly, but again, it's a undertapped marketplace, if you will, obviously with the amount of people in the DMV area. Baltimore is a great place and growing. There's a lot of investment, a lot of excitement in that area. And so we continue to recruit great candidates and certainly over the last seven or so years have just seen incredible growth in the business. That's fantastic. Well, as someone who grew up in the area, has lots of family in the Baltimore, Southern Pennsylvania region, I think it's fantastic. Now on to business. You know, We've been working together for quite some time, and you guys are a part of the AI Builders program. Can you tell us a little bit about how that got started and how that's going? It's incredible, right? I mean, in our industry, having a partner like Intel at the table alongside you, I mean, again, the origin is that we sort of reached out and saw a joint collaboration and interest here in regards to the technology that Intel had from an AI perspective. And then we worked alongside for over a year closely with Intel engineers to optimize essentially our AI in line with the chipsets that Intel has. And so that has allowed us to grow at the rapid rate needed to continue to support the ingestion and the analysis needed for natural language processing, for essentially deep fake and image manipulation, these types of things. We could not do it without that relationship, without that investment in that time. But we are just so pleased, right, that we have this partner to work with us to make sure that we are optimizing our capabilities to keep up with the need of the market and ultimately for us to protect our customers. Well, we're honored to work with you and I'm so excited for that. One of the things that is always intriguing is that your market is a never-ending market. It's a 24 by 7, 365, even inside of the microseconds that exist between the clocks that turn from day to day, year to year. Can you talk a little bit about how the proliferation of social and digital platforms in our daily lives is changing the security paradigm for digital risk for people and organizations? Yeah, absolutely. It's no surprise. We've seen an incredible rapid growth and acceleration and adoption of digital platforms over the last 10 years. And specifically, we've seen just an explosion over the last two, right, with COVID and the impact it's had. Everybody has 
strive to be connected and remain connected. And there are, you know, over 42 billion users out there of these platforms in some way of social media or mobile apps using code sharing sites, right? It's part of the collaboration that was required as we work through the COVID period. The public nature of this, right? There's a low barrier of entry, right? There's no cost to many of these platforms. All you need to give away by joining is all your personal information. And so fraudsters know this and cyber criminals know this and they walk amongst us, right? This is an ecosystem that we are alongside them. And it's very difficult unless you are, you know, essentially in the same home and know the face of the person that you're seeing here to validate who these people are that you're interacting with. And so we've seen an explosion of breaches as a result of everybody using these third-party tools or these platforms out there. And we've seen, you know, over 37 billion records breached in the last year. We've seen ransomware explode, $8.5 billion worth of ransomware payments in 2020. And then the nature of that is that we are using ungoverned, unprotected, you know, external platforms. And it's difficult for cybersecurity experts to control what they don't possess, right? So essentially, we've moved that security paradigm, right? It is now outside my firewall. It's outside the areas that I control. And that's a challenge for these cyber teams and the cyber security team. So they need organizations like ours to make them aware of what's happening in the deep dark web, what's happening in social media, what's happening outside their firewall, outside their organizations. You know, it's so important for you and your team to do the work that Zero Fox does, because there's a lot of public discussion about misinformation, disinformation. I'm not even going to go into the vaccination political thing. I'll let the (laughs) stats and the science speak for themselves. Does that fall into the digital risk category that Zero Fox currently monitors or thinks about? Is that part of your responsibility? It's part of our joint responsibility, certainly as an organization. We typically see this from a perspective of fake profiles on social media, right? So the areas where organizations have a particular concern about misinformation is how it impacts them as a business, right? The things they can control, the assets that they can essentially monitor for. So when you have a fake profile for a CEO that potentially might be connecting with people as part of an intelligence campaign, if they're trying to essentially defraud as part of a business email compromise scam, right? Sending emails and communication, whether it be a wire transfer type fraud that could be used, or if it's just simply to influence the market, right? From a financial point of view, having a public facing CEO account out there, essentially making comment on things and it's not real, can obviously trick individuals and have an actual direct tangible financial impact. So yes, from a misinformation point of view, these are the areas where our customers are coming to us to try and help them. And we are using AI particularly to sort of monitor these types of areas as well. Does technology have a social responsibility and or capability in identifying the false information that we sometimes get without injecting bias? Yeah, bias is an interesting point to take. And I think it's the right way to look at it, right? We don't want individuals making decisions for ourselves. And I think it's going to be harder for open source platforms, whatever, to navigate this. But there are some things that we can do. And certainly, this is another area where AI, machine learning, and all these types of optimizations, things that Intel is working on, can really help accelerate. We already have technologies in place that detect plagiarism, right? Or origin of written text and content. We already have the capabilities with neural network technology that allows, you know, computer programs to identify patterns and can determine whether an image has been computer created. 
So we have some of these items as well as processes and procedures of verifying accounts and other ways to do that. So if we start to put these together and essentially orchestrate an ability for systems to just simply tell me the facts, right? Is this information unique? What is the original source for it? Is this photo or this video? Has it been manipulated in any way? And then we can start to arm individuals with tools where they can start to make some of their own decisions about whether they're going to believe something or not or whether something is legitimate or not. We know that we are already seeing technologies used to generate unique faces, right, for marketing and for modeling. And they're manipulating these through data sets, right? They're ingesting lots of faces and they're creating it, manipulating color, skin tone, things like that. And so we need as users, right, to be able to determine whether this is a fake photo with a fake profile, whether this story is taking content from some other source and manipulating it in some way or taking it out of context and just arming the individual so they can make the best decision they can. I think that's the best we can do right now. Now, you know, the role that Intel and Zero Fox play together is collaborating on many different levels. But can you talk a little bit about the work you've done with OpenVINO and the performance that you've seen? Yeah, so we are ingesting billions of elements of data from hundreds of sites. And, you know, essentially we have to ingest that from social media, dark deep web, as I've mentioned. We have to bring that into an advanced engine because we're a SaaS-based platform. And we are analyzing text. We're analyzing images and video at just immense scale. It's not getting smaller. It's getting bigger every day. More people are posting. There's new environments joining. New creative people are creating new platforms with new types of data sets. And the only way to keep up with that is to have a state-of-the-art AI capability like we do with Intel's capability here. And it just gives us the insights and it reduces the timeouts. It essentially gives us reliability. And that has an impact on our customers because the quicker we can detect through the Intel technology, the quicker we can implement AI and remove individuals from analyzing data, the quicker we can mitigate, which is really the essence of what we're about, right? We don't want to come to our customers with problems. We want to come to them with solutions. And so the you know, OpenVINO capability allows us to streamline our detection, ingestion, alerting, and mitigation business. James, that's a great response. Where can our listeners find out more information about ZeroFox? If you navigate to ZeroFox.com, we'd be happy to respond to any of your inquiries. I mean, we're very active out there in the community, and we do do a lot of security events and participate at you know Black Hat, RSA. So again, any of these sort of conferences or certainly just come and see us at our website. Okay. And this is my favorite question that I ask every guest who joins our show. And I think this is maybe where our listeners get the best insight. Where does the future of this go with the proliferation of data and new networks and new file systems and new structures and new SaaS architectures? That's a good question. Where does it go? Well, like most, it expands, right? We need to support new businesses and entrepreneurs to solve new and unique problems for us. We love them. But then typically after a period of time, those wound up and consolidated into larger businesses, right? Because eventually there is some sort of discipline that needs to be applied to that. So, you know, I think we are trying to solve many problems all at the same time. And many of these platforms and tools and capabilities and apps are trying to evolve to 
our needs. I mean, one of the challenges that all businesses have is in the area of integration, right? We have so many different tools, so many different technologies, and getting them to work together is an accelerated problem. And so I think the the success will be how out of the box can we integrate and connect these things so they're all working together securely, right? Which is one of the things that we want to focus on where we obviously want to protect what we have and have that collaboration and that efficiency that comes with it. But the challenge of the day is going to be how can you verify a person and the interaction and making sure that that is a legitimate transaction that needs to take place, whether it be financial or whether it be just passing documentation or username, password data. So I'm not sure if that was the direction you're looking for, but that's simply one of the things that I see as a bit of a challenge. Well, I think that's what our listeners want to hear. You know, what do you think is a challenge? And I certainly did as well. And I have one other because you're a special guest for a variety of reasons that only you and I will know. Can you answer why don't we use more biometrics in the process to help privatize and securitize particularly some of our validation verification infrastructures? Well, I think that there is concerns about that, right? Essentially, it's a generation thing. So there are a number of people that have to be comfortable providing biometric information. And then ultimately, at the end of the day, it is just a field in a database, right? So this is like me giving you my name and my phone number and my address. It's in a field. There's nothing stopping somebody else coming in or replacing that data with something else. So I think that this combination of the privacy related to me giving something of mine away and using that as some way of authorizing access. And then the other side of it is that ultimately when we do that, again, we have the traditional risks attached to it because ultimately when it is stored somewhere, can it be manipulated? Can it be changed? And I think those two sides that tend to come up that provide a little bit of hesitancy. I think what we're finding, however, and this may be a generational thing with people feeling that, well, my data is already out there, that information is already available, and generations focused on access. We're already seeing this with social media, right? I'll give more of myself away, more of my information. There are no boundaries. You know, we may have some success with the adoption in the future with things like iPhones and other types of systems around us where it becomes usual and normal to provide this type of data. Very interesting perspective. And thank you for your amazing thoughts. And I'd love to have you back in a future episode. So on behalf of James Carnell, Managing Director and VP of Services at Zero Fox, my name is Jake Smith, and this has been another episode of Conversations in the Cloud. Wherever you may be in the world, we wish you a good morning, good afternoon, and good night. We'll be right back.